Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Finals Edition. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pado. Welcome, Pado. Thanks, mate. Great to be here. Really looking forward to this one. Something a little bit different than what we usually do, but I'm just looking forward to just our general footy chat this weekend. Bloody oath, bloody oath. Anyway, we'll go straight into injuries, mate. So um, Callum Mills, what the fuck's happening there? Yeah, that didn't look good. From all accounts, he only just got up for the game last weekend uh, and was put through some pretty rigorous testing in three-quarter time with that Achilles was ultimately subbed out and um, it's not looking good for him this weekend. They say he's pulled up well. I don't trust Sydney with that one. I I don't think he looks right to play, but they may push him through it. Yep, yep. Um, but Donald Tippin Woody, what the fuck's going on there? Is it just his fitness? Well, I think I read something that there was um, something along the lines of um, personal issues or something like that, that he wasn't playing. Yeah, so I actually heard that when he was named out with personal issues a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't actually anything going on personally. It was just that the club had some issues with his fitness and running out games. So they sent him away to do a couple of weeks of essentially a really mini preseason going into the finals. Um, and that was before the bye this weekend was cancelled and they're going straight into the first week of finals this weekend. So he might struggle to get up. Um, pretty good of Essendon to sort of not have him go down the path of copying the media scrutiny of them coming out and saying that he's struggling with fitness. Uh, so he doesn't cop that from the media and it sort of lets him lets himself deal with the fitness issues in his own time. But uh, we'll see what happens this weekend, but he may miss again. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one, Josh Kennedy. Now, can we define which one it is, Pato, and what's going on with the hammy? Yeah, the one that's actually, whose team is actually playing this weekend. So Bam. obviously the Sydney Josh Kennedy. Um, <laughs> he, They reckon it's a low-grade hamstring. He's already missed one week, did it late against North in round 22. Um, they'll give him every second to get up for that game. He'll probably get named, and whether he's laid out or not, we'll see. But really unlucky for Sydney if they miss, they lose both Mills and Kennedy for this weekend because they've had a really good run. But we'll go into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Now, Pato. We've actually got a very special guest coming up. And for such a special guest, I think it was appropriate that we get their own introduction made up, um, courtesy of Tomo Media. He, he, he whipped this one up for us, just like how he whipped up our intro. So without further ado, here's this man's intro. It's finals time on the Supercoach Co-Captains podcast. As Dano and Pado are joined by a guy who is a mad Melbourne fan and will be happy after their team has secured the minor premiership for the first time since 1964. He's an avid strip club enthusiast, a bloke who's an up-and-coming social media influencer, and he's also been told he could be Napoleon Dynamite's illegitimate love child. Give it up for Australia's favourite footy nerd, Sam, ready. Welcome, Sam. How did you like that intro besides the glaringly obvious thing that was said in there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's pronounced ready, but um, it's, it's not the first time that's happened. Uh, 
you know, it's it's normal. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, um, I think this is an appropriate thing. Tomo, this is for you. You had one job. Mara, the meatloaf! Fuck! Um, we'll move right <laughs> along, Sam. We're not gonna we're not gonna get too much into what you're doing. Everyone pretty much knows what you've been up to lately, so uh, without oh, yeah. further ado, Pato, um, do you want to take away? The... Oh yeah, what was that? Sorry, Sam. Let's get into some footy finals. Fuck yeah, let's do that shit. But first, we will actually look at the round that was uh, that made up. So, okay. Pato, take it away. Yeah, um, quite an interesting round of footy, to be honest. Um, the, f- the first game of the weekend was was Western Bulldogs versus Port Adelaide. Uh, dogs got off to an absolute flyer, but uh, Port just did what they had to do, kept chipping away, and the Western Bulldogs just absolutely choking not only the lead in that game, but from what looked like a pretty much unlosable top four spot, now all of a sudden they're looking at an elimination final this weekend. Do you reckon they'll get done? Or we'll discuss I, that later? Yeah, yeah, let's let's have a talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, got to admit, though, it was one of the fucking most ultimate chokes I've ever seen. I actually, I actually Honestly. switched the game off. I, I Honestly, that's the one busted. tip I got wrong this week. Yeah, fair, fair. I got every tip right except the doggies, and they were leading for the whole game up until the last five minutes. They just absolutely cost themselves. They were, they've been top two for pretty much the whole year, and they've absolutely choked themselves, and they've lost their last three games to drop out of the top two and finish fifth without a double chance. I, I couldn't imagine something like that. Oh. Yeah, they've absolutely blown it here. Um, absolutely agree on that, Sam. But we thought it was the biggest choke job, Dano. But 24 hours later, um, <laughs> you can't even explain it. Yeah, the cat's absolutely choking to Sam's D's. What the fuck? Oh, mate. That was I, that's probably the best game I've ever watched Melbourne play Uh you know, since I've been alive, um, you know, they finished top of the ladder first time since 64, mind you, when they won the premiership. Um, yeah, this is the best year I've been alive since they've uh, done that. Uh, incredible. Fair to say that Geelong, they got a bit too cocky, I must say. They kicked nine goals straight and I thought, all right, boys, I think we're done here. We're still top position. Let's just ease off the pedal. Not knowing that Melbourne have been on top all year. And then Melbourne kicked seven goals unanswered in the last two quarters to end up winning by three points. Oh, just unbelievable. Now, I'm going to go back to the Dogs versus Port on this one, uh, Pato, because I remember last week you saying that absolutely no way known that Port Adelaide's mids would keep up with the Doggies. And what the fuck Mm. happened in Supercoach, man? Look at those scores. Yeah, Where was um, Bont- Pally went missing. He was on about 45 or something at, at quarter time and it just looked like he was going to absolutely monster that Port Adelaide midfield. But tell you exactly what happened. Willem Drew did an absolute job on Liberatore of all people. And there's a few coaches have exploited that, including Goodwin. Um, when the D's knocked off the dogs, they, they target the midfield at the source and the source is Libba. And we all know how bad... Tim English is in that ruck and whoever else they put in that ruck. Um, Bontepelli even spent some time in the ruck on the weekend. But it just goes to show how important Liberatore is to that midfield. And, I mean, if you're playing the Bulldogs, you'd be crazy not to look at that and and use that tactic. 
Um, the only interesting thing is they play Essendon who don't worry about what other midfields are doing in terms of a negating situation. So it'd be yeah, interesting yeah. to see how that plays out. But yeah, that the, the key looks like it's it's Liberatore in that midfield, not clearly their most two talented midfielders in McRae and Bontepelli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, oh, keep going, Sam. The surprising thing is too, with Essendon, now that they're coming up with uh, playing the uh, Doggies in the elimination final, they're the only team that they've been in the top eight. Yeah, valid point. Valid fucking point. So it's just, which even makes it even more crazy how the Bombers have somehow managed to make it into the finals. Literally, I think, I reckon they're going to just make up the numbers regardless, to be honest, because the amount of pressure that they'll have on themselves with 7,000 days since finals win, um, it's going to be a lot of pressure for them, regardless the Doggies couldn't lose four in a row. You'd think surely not. With the midfield depth that they've brought in from this previous season, I, I, I just can't see the Bombers winning. I think they'll end up cracking under the pressure, I reckon. Well, we'll discuss that later. Um, we'll, still, we'll still go over the round that just was now. Brisbane had a pretty pretty much a big thriller. Um, a kick for goal put oh, them into the top that, four that was awesome, that game. by a percentage. Um, but I'm also filthy with something that's been left off this list that Pato's made up for us, but I reckon he'll pick up on that quite easily. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so the, the Brisbane getting into the top four, fucking West Coast Eagles' last game of the season – Dropping out of the eight, I think they've been in the eight the entire year. Yep, crazy scenes. And then there's one team that a lot of people are sleeping on that are actually getting a lot of players back. Bato. Oh, Dano, are we going to start a circle jerk about the Giants already? Fucking start no. a circle jerk about the Giants, boy. Don't get me oh. started on the big big sound. Come on. Oh, I'm already big sound coming from Dano's that underpants. That was and buried when Richmond flogged them in the grand final in 2018. 2019. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> he doesn't that, like that, that one, been, Sammy. That, that, that <laughs> year's been wiped from my memory. Um, are you a GWS supporter, are you? I am a very... Am I a GWS supporter, uh, Pato? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, just a little bit. But, yeah, and the Swannies just doing what they do. They just stayed in the eight the entire year, pretty much, so... Um, that'll be interesting now. Move on to one of the hot topics before we go into um, the finals preview. Do you think Dave Teague, the Carlton head coach, is hard done by at the moment? We'll go with Sam. Sam, what do you reckon? Well, I saw recently uh, the first uh, 50 games of senior coaches. It was uh, Dima Harwick and uh, Al Clarkson. Uh, David Teague actually has a higher record of wins than both of those coaches. What? So when you yeah. look at that, I think he definitely is really hard done by. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like it's fair to note that he probably inherited a little bit of a better list than both Dimmer and Clarkson. But I, I agree. I, I think he's really stiff here. Um, now, it hasn't formally been announced that he is being sacked, but he pretty much waved the white flag in his post-game conference on the weekend. And... Did a little, a couple of little parting shots on the Carlton board, and mm. I, I can't blame him really because, I mean, Carlton. Yes, there was a lot of expectation going into the year that they would make the eight and make a huge step towards finals, and 
some big money signings inside and Williams and there was a lot of expectation and they didn't live up to that. But I don't feel like a lot of that is up down to David Teague and I feel like he's been really hard done by. Now, in saying that, I think that if they've got someone elite lined up and there's only a couple of guys in that bracket, but if they've got someone elite lined up, I can see why they would be saying farewell to to David Teague. Um, and that's a Clarkson, mm. maybe a Ross line, although he's kind of unproven in winning premierships, but he has a pretty good track <laughs> record of making finals. And that's the step that Carlton want to make. So unless it's mm. one of those two guys, I think David Teague has been absolutely robbed here. Um, well, with Ross Lyon, um, I'm pretty sure they've said that they've cooled off of him, uh, mainly because Harry Mackay can't win a Coleman medal with 20 goals to the season playing defensively. Um, <laughs> 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 and it's fair enough too. I think that when you said that he inherited a better list, did he though? I mean, Carlton's list is pretty shit. It's pretty shit. <laughs> I mean, they're paying yeah. a bloke, what, 850 grand that the Giants replaced with a guy from their reserves. Oh, God. <laughs> In Mate, Luke coming. McGuire Just was saying. on Richmond's list when Dimmer started coaching there. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, fair. But, but, but Jack Silvani is also on <laughs> Carlton's list. Jack Silvani is a brilliant player. He's fucking shit and he's a pussy. And he gets injured all the time. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Well, I think a lot of Carlton yeah. fans have wanted him delisted for a while. Same with, um, oh, what's that fucking spud's name that just retired? Not Betts. Betts isn't a spud. Casbolt. Casbolt. Fucking no, Mr. Fucking Velcro hands, but then fucking shanks in front of a fucking... One of the most nitty. overhyped Carlton players of all time. That implies that he was hyped to begin with, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. 100%. Oh, I don't know how that man's career dragged on for so long. But yeah, you look, you start looking at their list and you're like, they, they actually don't have a great list at all. Um, and he's in, And when he inherited the list, Mark Murphy's old... Fucking Cruiser, he inherited Cruiser and Cruiser fucking retired. And so, yeah, I can't really say that he inherited a better list than the others. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. surprising how he's had the more wins, though. But yeah, that is actually surprising. But <laughs> Carlton's board will do whatever the fuck they want to do, I guess. Yeah. Then again, because it is a bit tough him because he's had two, I'd say two years of, you know, it's COVID times. So he hasn't really had time to you know form the team properly and they've always been shipped around like every other team is obviously dealing with the same issues but it's definitely a hard time to start as a new coach i'd say yep yep i reckon bang on who's a coach that you'd like to see um take over carlton we'll go with you sam who do you who would you like to see take over carlton oh boy that's a hard one um well from what i've been hearing the only three well, maybe two coaches that have always kept popping up has either been Al Clarkson or Ross Lyon. But Clarkson, I don't think he'll take it because nah. he's said numerous times he's going to be, you know, taking a break, spend time with the family, catch up on things. But I don't know. It's all signs have been pointing to Ross Lyon at this stage. I'm I'm kind of hoping that um they take Leon Cameron off the Giants' hands. <laughs> <laughs> they keep taking every other fucking. GWS reject. They can have Leon Cameron too. Nah, sorry, Leon. Uh, you actually got him into finals. But... 
every year. I, the, if Sam, if you listen to this podcast, Pato, how much do I fucking rant about Leon Cameron? Oh, it, we may as well just name it the, the anti-Leon Cameron podcast. <laughs> much, Pato, uh, who do you want to see coach the Blues? Or anyone that um, didn't even like the Blues? At being a a little bit of a left field one now. I, Clarkson's probably the one that would be on the top of anyone's list. You'd be crazy not to because he's the best coach in the league by far. But I think a left field one who might be a red hot shot once it's found out that Ross Lyon probably isn't the right guy and Clarkson isn't available. Um, Michael Voss, I think, may come into that role. Ooh. I think he's ready to have another shot um, without the expectation of coaching the club that he uh, captained and dominated at. So I've got a left field one in- too. That's actually a part of an uh, Port Adelaide camp as well. That's Nathan Bassett. Now, cast your mind back many years when Nathan Bassett made his senior coaching debut in the Sandful and took a really shit Sandful team from the bottom of the ladder. The next season, they were premiers. And he made James Aish as an 18-year-old look so good that he was a first-round draft pick. (laughs) That says something. That fucking says something. And he, he's he gone success to success wherever he coaches. I just want to see him be an actual senior coach. The way that he did that, I can't remember if it was Norwood or North Adelaide or wherever it was, he ended up dropping half of the side, even though they were senior players. And he's like, you guys aren't performing. I'd rather play the kids. And then the kids ended up killing it. And there's a few guys from the resis that had been reserves players for years come up and then they ended up killing it. And then they want a flag. So dude, Dude has a bit of Malcolm Blight about him as well. Now, Pato, you're probably going to be like, well, Malcolm Blight was a little bit toxic back when Adelaide won their flags. But Blighty had a no bullshit policy. He just picked people who deserved to be there and he didn't care if that person had been there for years or months. And he just did it. Um, although everyone was like, oh, he just wanted to do it to perform, rah, rah, rah. But he, he won flags. So... I reckon that's someone that I'd like to see Carlton go for. But again, they'd probably want an established senior coach, not take a chance on someone again. Yeah, I mean, they're better off sticking with David Teague then. If they uh, want to have a coach that hasn't performed at AFL level, might as well just stick with David Teague and keep pushing forward with what they've already been trying to achieve. Yep, yep. Valid point, valid point. Anyway, we will now move on to... The main reason why we're here, and that's to dissect the finals teams. Now, who's playing on Friday, Pato? And what can we do? Friday night. Friday night. Port Adelaide versus Geelong at the Adelaide Oval. Um, This should be a cracker. Um, Both teams love a good choke job in September. (laughs) Who's going to choke the least? Um, Now, Dangerfield back to his old stomping ground. Um, but it's a final, so he's probably not much chance of doing much on the ground at all. Um, <laughs> I don't like either of those team, these teams, to be absolutely frank, but I would love to see Port Adelaide beat Geelong and just put them on the back foot straight away. Um, yep. they're, they've all, they've uh, gone absolutely cocky all year and they reckon they've won the flag already. Um, I'd love to see them lose a qualifying final and then face an elimination final next weekend. Great sets, you reckon, Pato? Uh, I mean, we'll talk about that after we preview the first elimination final. But yeah, yeah fair, fair. I fair. mean, I'd love to see it. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, with Port Adelaide, player to watch for me is Charlie Dixon. In, in all honesty, yeah. everyone will be like Wines, everyone will be Boke. Fuck, some will say a Lear Lear, but Charlie Dixon for me, mainly because Tom Stewart is gone. He's out. And you look at the rest of Geelong's back line and who, th- who the fuck takes him, honestly? Yeah, they're like, going to struggle containing him. Um, Dixon didn't do much when they played during the year, um, but that was with Tom Stewart and he had 11 intercept marks in that game. Um, with no Stewart around, I think that backline almost turned into poo. And I think Henderson um, takes him, doesn't he? Yeah, but it's, it's who's going to roll off? Who's going to help out? Because you can't guard, you can't defend Charlie Dixon one on one. You need help. Um, yeah. Sometimes you know you need three guys rotating across, and I, I can't see who does it for Geelong. So I, I feel like we could have a, a, a big bag from Charlie Dixon. Um, could kick four or five and just lead them into a, a prelim final. Yep, agreed, agreed. Ollie Wines, cheeky smoky for the... Well, he's not really a smoky anymore. Ooh. He said it during the year he was a cheeky smoky, but might he's be a favourite now. Yeah, Lee. Fuck, we should have listened to our own advice during the year, Pato. <laughs> we say that every week. Yeah, I loaded up on Bontepelli, which looks like a bad decision. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that Shit last times. game of the round caught you. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, with the Geelong... Can't really, I, I just don't like it. I mean, the only one that I really could that I like, but that's super coach relevancy in our favorite is the Guff, who I'll talk about later as well, um, for obvious reasons. Uh, but Joe, like Joel Selwood, I just, I, I, I bet if we if we went on sports bet odds and there was a Joel Selwood doing a dirty tactic or something like that that pops up a, a, a market for that, I'd jump on it with a cheeky fiver because oh. I reckon well, he's so dirty. I reckon he's such a dirty player. People think that he is, isn't, but I reckon he is. And he gets yeah. away with murder, man. Oh, he does. If, if that was a market on sports, they would be paying a dollar twenty because he is just a dirty grub. Yeah, fucking agreed. Agreed. Um, so basically, Pato, what you're saying is you reckon Port Adelaide's going to get home against Geelong or you just want them to get home? Both. Both. I think Port will do it, but I desperately want to see Geelong lose as well. So um, mm. I honestly think, yeah, I don't think Geelong can go to Adelaide and beat Port. Um, no. Nah. I, I know how hard it was for Richmond to do that in a prelim last year. And I, I rewatched that game last week and um, I, I'm still shocked that we, we got up in that game. And I, I just can't see... Geelong doing it. They don't have someone that can take the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, Selwood's probably past that stage of his career. Dangerfield's got a really long history of choking in September. Um, Tom Hawkins as well usually disappears in those big games. Um, he's, he's absolute flat track bully during the year, but as soon as it comes to a final, um, I don't know if he scored, kicked more than two or three goals in a final in his whole career. They so, do um, have Jeremy Cameron now, though. Yeah. And I like Smith. And Sean Higgins. Yeah, but I'm more talking about attacking, like, goal return threat. They do have Cameron and Hawkins together. So I won't surprise right, Jeremy Cameron's lost the grand final by 90 points, so he's got a choking history as well. But he also kicked their first goal in that grand final. So Yeah, and what happened after that? We don't need to talk about that, Pato. We don't need to talk uh, about that. We're dealing with facts and... Geelong just have a, a pretty big squad of chokers. Um, Sean Higgins has never played in a final in his career, I don't think, um, coming from North Melbourne. 
Wait, he <laughs> was at the Western Bulldogs before that. They were half decent, I think, when he first started footy. Half decent. I yeah, think. maybe. Or am I thinking that he's 40 years old? That's the age demographic <laughs> of the Geelong Cats, isn't it? That's the younger I just heard that um, they're going to be drafting a young guy by the name of Sean Burgoyne next year. Oh. Looks promising. That's a good pickup. Great pickup. <laughs> Full time premiership player. No, Finally, a non joker in September. And to fellow Hawk, Isaac Smith. Yeah, he's not a choker. Oh, actually, no, no that's not true. One time he did choke in front of the big sticks. Against Geelong. Yeah, Geelong. Yeah, good. true. That wasn't finals, though, was it? I think I was thinking uh, season. Yeah. No, I'm going with Port Adelaide as well. I think he's just going to be too strong for the Cats. Sam, who are you going with? Yep, I think it's a 3-8. Port Adelaide for the win. Yep, fair, fair. Anyway, next game, Pato, who's up? The Melbourne Demons versus Brisbane Lions. Um, Saturday night, also at the Adelaide Oval. Um, I'm absolutely looking forward to this game. This should be an absolute fucking belter. Um, Look, mutual venue, so everything will be on the table. Um, They'll get a little bit of a crowd there. I don't know what the capacity will be at Adelaide. I think it was 15,000. I heard. Yeah, that's what it was last weekend, so they might roll with that again. But this should be an absolute cracker from a pure footy perspective. Yep, yep. Um, point of difference in the game, Pato. I think you can name two of them against, and it'll be for the Melbourne Demons against the Lions, if we're thinking on the same page. Yeah, it's got to be Max Gorn. I don't think Brisbane really have anyone that can well quell his influence. Yep. Yeah, and, I, and I, th- I think the way that Melbourne have been really smart during the year of managing Max Gorn's workload against the younger rucks and just having Luke Jackson ruck a little bit more against some of those younger guys, um, I think that'll really help Max Gorn in these sort of games. And even we saw it last weekend as well. That fourth quarter that he had was Huge. just absurd and as, as good a quarter as you'll see from any ruckman ever. Um, and that is real it's a real testament to the way that Goodwin and his coaching staff have managed him during games and I think we'll really see a really good uh, result of, of that resting so yep. to speak in, in this in, sort of yeah. game because he'll be able to ruck 80% of this game and absolutely destroy McInerney I reckon. Yeah I was mm. implying Gorn and Jackson as a one-two combo punch there so we we're on the same page like but it. what we'll do because we've got the Demons expert in Sam what do you think for this game? What do you think the major matchups will be? And what do you think is the key for Melbourne to win? Well, I think it could be a, definitely a battle of the small forwards with Cozzy Pickett on one end and Charlie Cameron on the other. If they let Cozzy Pickett off the leash, he could kick easily three or four goals to give it that edge. With Bailey Frisch, who just only a couple of weeks ago kicked seven goals, and he's been a bit quiet last week, but I'm expecting him to come out and kick an absolute bag against the Lions. Um, I think the midfield is going to be very, very dangerous as well against Brisbane with Clayton Oliver and Petrarca. I think they'll combine, combine well together with Jack Varney back because um, I think they've missed Varney the last few weeks with uh, his, you know, his bullish... Uh, determination to get in there and uh, ruffle up all the other players. Uh, yeah, I really like it. Yeah, I agree, Sam. Um, that, I, I think the midfield 
really midfield battle really favours Melbourne, and I think they're really good on top of the Lions. Now, I really rate the Lions midfield. I think they've got some really good players in there, but I don't think they have anyone that can really stop the, the duo of Oliver and Petrarca. They're, they're just so good to watch, and I, they don't really negate either, and I think that's going to really come back to bite them on the ass. Mm. Do you reckon Charlie yeah, Cameron might get off the chain a little bit, or Joey Danaher, or anyone like that that might kind Ooh. of like Char- Charlie's more of a ground ball get guy, and with Brisbane, I reckon Brisbane will lower their eyes a bit more rather than bombing it in long, just because you got May and Leah yeah. for Melbourne. When we played them, and yeah. we we beat them pretty convincingly, I believe. And I think that was all to May and Lever's work from having that high ball kicked and uh, down to them. They were able to easily bump them out of the way and just give it a good mark. Oh, I and, don't uh, think Brisbane will do that again. I think they'll lower their eyes a bit more. They might do the hold and wait tactic um, that some teams have implemented yeah. late in the season um, and just to lower the eyes and take the time a bit more um, with it all. Uh, you might see a little bit of blocking going on too, Pato, as well. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is um, that, that that different dynamic up forward without McStay, they've had to – they lost the first couple of games after he went down with that ACL and they had to essentially learn how to play without him around because they're just so used to – they were so used to having that, that three-tall forward line just being able to go in long and high. But they've had to change it up a little bit, and I think now they've worked out how to do it. So it's going to be a really intriguing battle in that Melbourne defence as well because, I mean, Lever and May have just been playing so, so well down there. And Danaher's a real X-factor player. He was made to play in September. Uh, and Charlie has been really hit and miss in finals as well, um, has disappeared in a lot of important games that he has played in his career. So I think a lot will fall on Danaher. Um, and it might depend on who gets that matchup. I reckon Stephen May will get the one-on-one matchup and Lever will help out a lot. So it's going to be up to someone else to really stand up and kick some goals up in that Brisbane forward line if they're a chance to win. Whether that's Cameron, whether that's someone else, we'll, we'll see. But it's going to be a fascinating battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of, one of the players that I'm going to bring up is one that um, doesn't really get talk, talked about too much other than um, smacking people in the head, and that's Bailey Fritch. Um, so, yeah. now, would you guys consider him a small forward or a medium forward? Oh, He's 188 uh, centimetres, just because there was an article that came out saying the top five best small forwards in the AFL, and I think Fritch was named at third. And I'm like, you can't be small forward at 188 centimetres. Jeez. No, it's, uh, no, I wouldn't really – nah, I wouldn't call that a small forward. Well, Melbourne Football Club have him listed as a medium forward, so I think it was Fox right. Footy too, wasn't it, Pato, that. that came out with that? Oh, it sounds like a Tom Brown stat, mate. But uh, <laughs> 188 is definitely, definitely big for a small forward. Um, he's not a small forward. <laughs> he's an absolute gun in his own right. But uh, anyone calling him a small forward needs to actually watch Melbourne play footy um, and see that he's not a small forward. Got an oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it's an interesting haircut or just an interesting head. Um, <laughs> anyway. I reckon a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. um, I, Are we still talking about Tom Brown? Touche, <laughs> well done Well done, Pato Round of applause um, Now, Bailey Fritch is one that I'm I actually won't be surprised if he kicks three plus in this game The only thing is no. I also oh, won't yeah. be surprised if he gets held goalless 
because of one Stasevich. So yes, assuming Stasevich goes to him, but see, I reckon yeah. Stasevich might go to Cozzy Pickett because I think he's a little bit more dangerous around the ground. But True. whichever one of those two small, medium, whatever you want to call them, forwards, um, whichever one Stasevich goes to will have a very difficult game. But whoever he doesn't go to, um, I can see kicking three or four goals and really being a difference maker. Yeah, yeah, that's the best part about Melbourne's team. We've got that many small forwards. If one person's getting tagged too long, you've got two others like Spargo. He could he could really have a big game because I think most people might forget about him, but he can actually turn it on. I never forgot about the when the Giants didn't bid on him <sighs> in that draft. Shattering stuff. They thought he was too small, and they also have Brent Daniels. <laughs> So, yeah, Brent Daniels. <laughs> Brent Daniels is God. Um, so in this one, who do, who are we tipping besides Sam tipping Melbourne for obvious reasons? Obvious reasons. <laughs> Pato, who, who have you got? I I think Melbourne get the job done, but I reckon, and I'm calling it now. I reckon this is the grand final preview. I think they'll they'll come up against each other again at the end of September. See, I disagree. I don't think it's going to be the grand final preview. I think Port Adelaide's actually going to make it in. I think this is their year to make it in. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a, a ripper one. And I think the the midfield battle is where it'll be won, 100%. Definitely. But i yeah. I got to go with Melbourne. Um, I don't think the nerves will get to them at all. I think they'll relish it, um, led by Big Maxi Gorn, the Langy Rat. Um, shout out to oh, Maxi. Yeah. Corn dog, we'll tag him on Twitter again. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, next game, yeah, yeah, that, Sorry, just quickly that that's the only reason where Melbourne could maybe bottle it is the fact that they don't have that September experience, um, except for a couple of years ago when they made that prelim. But Brisbane going pretty deep into the finals last year, They've, they come into this game with a little bit of September experience going to the prelim last year. So that's maybe the only reason why you could look at Brisbane maybe being a chance in this game. But when you look at it from a pure footy perspective, I think Melbourne get the job done. Yep. Anyway, next game, Pato, which one is it? Where is it at? Uh, The first elimination final is Saturday afternoon at University of Tasmania Stadium in Launceston. Uh, Beautiful spot of Australia down there in Lonnie. So if you haven't been, check it out. Don't go in winter. You're, make a big mistake doing that. But when the sun's out, go visit when these borders open up. But anyway, Battle of the Bridge. I think that's what they call it, Dano. Uh, Sydney Tasmania. versus GWS. <laughs> Battle of Tassie. Um, <laughs> Battle of the Spirit of Tassie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Swans versus Giants. Who who fucking would have thought? Honestly, this is this. I is didn't see this coming. This is a fucking ripper. Um, Pato, dissect it for me. What's going on? Uh, there's a lot going on actually. Um, so first of all, buddy, eight goals away from the the magical one thousand. Um, he'll be the last person to ever get a thousand goals in AFL history. Um, what a champion he's been. I'd love to see him do it in a big final, whether that's a prelim, whether it's a grand final, but honestly, I can't see it happening. Um, I think he's going to have a really tough time of it against Sammy Taylor. 
I don't think he gets near it. Now, if Longmire, which he's a very good coach, if he's really serious about winning this game, he'll use Buddy as more of a, a decoy, so to yep. speak, um, and just drag Sammy Taylor away from the square and just let their other forwards get involved. But last weekend, it was kind of cringy at times because they were so Buddy-centric, it wasn't funny. And they were they were handballing when they were lining up in front um, to Buddy as he was kicking behinds. He was going for 55-meter goals. Like They were so obviously trying to get him goals to get to that 1,000. It wasn't funny. So if they bring <laughs> that into this weekend, they're going to have a really tough time um, and will get absolutely belted. But... If they're smart, they'll use Buddy as more of a decoy and get the other forwards involved and it might be an interesting game. Yep, yep. Midfield battle side of things, though, is the intriguing point because there's no JPK and there might not be Callum Mills for Sydney. Now, that's not entirely confirmed. Um, They both may play, but it might depend on just how ready they are to play. Um, If they're both coming in underdone, that will be a huge mistake. And we've seen in past years when when teams bring in underdone guys for a, for a final, they just absolutely regret it. And Fucking 2019 grand final. <laughs> yeah, Phil, Phil Davis. Fuck. Oh, Even Whitfield. Yeah. Oh, um, Jesus. So I, I think I Sydney would be better off bringing in someone like Chad Warner to play because he's healthy. Rather than two of those guys, you could maybe carry one of them in because they are such, such guns. Um, and I would be probably erring if they're both about the same fitness, you'd be erring on JPK over Mills just because he's got that finals experience. But so much of this game does fall down on the fitness of those two. If they both miss, I don't see Sydney being any chance of winning this game, Dano. Yeah, I, I can't see it either, to be honest. Um, does Canelio play, though? That's, That's a really interesting yeah. subplot of this game. Um, sub last weekend, Dano, as the club captain. Um, they are Where? absolutely throwing this guy's name in the dirt. Um, no, wow. there's more to it than you guys realise. But remember, this is the bloke that when he was underdone and he could have played in a grand final, he stood up and said, I'm not fully fit. Play someone else over me. Wow. And the same yeah, thing probably. happens in that. I think he did. He end up playing the reserves game as well. To get, I can't remember if he played the reserves game as well last week, because uh, he did did something. But they're trying to they're trying to get minutes into him for finals. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's really dragging his name through the mud as such because he hasn't been playing because he's been injured. Can't help that. And ever since he signed that mega contract, he's been getting injured all the time. So it's a question of whether or not you risk playing him over someone like, even even bringing in a Tom Green or someone like that for a Xavier O'Halloran. And O'Halloran hasn't been playing fantastic, but he hasn't been playing shit either. And he's been doing those 1% things. But from what I liked about Cogs is that when he came on last week, he had probably the most amount of intent in attack that I've ever seen him have in the last two years. And I think he's, it looks like that he's over the media scrutiny and he just wants to win games. So, but does he play or not? I don't know. And I don't think we'll know until the final hour, to be honest. Won't surprise me if they name him. 
and then he might be a late withdrawal if he doesn't pass the fitness test. Sorry to get a bit dramatic there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I know you're a diehard Giants fan. Oh no, I just I just feel like I feel so bad for Cogs, honestly. Um, he does wear his heart on his sleeve a bit too. Yeah. And I just don't think he'd be coping with the media scrutiny so well at the moment. It won't surprise me if he like I think he'll stay on at the Giants and he might actually pass on the captaincy to Toby Green next Toby year. Toby Green, yeah. That's yeah. that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. Pato, what are you what are you thinking on the Canelio thing? Uh look, I can see him leaving the club next year, actually. Um obviously he was on a long-term deal, so he'd have to be traded. But I just think he might be surplus to requirements. And yeah, I think in order to hold onto a, a Tom Green or something like that, they may have to make a tough decision and, and offer Cornelio up for trade. I don't know if they'll get what they want from him, but not only get some salary off the books, but also gives Cornelio a shot at getting into someone else's midfield. And he's too good not to be playing in someone's midfield. So I can see that's how that plays out. But I... In terms of this weekend, it's really tough to read because I think they'd be better off going with a, with a midfield of Taranto, Hopper, Ward, Kelly, um, and just rolling with that. And there's how, probably not room for Cornelio. How fucking good was Callan Ward last week? Fucking hell. How good was Hopper last week? Anyway, I'm getting a stiffy just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, vintage. Vintage shit. Um, so we're talking about the Sydney Swans forward line with Buddy and whatnot. Um I think one of the the game will be won or lost, like you said, Pato, in the midfield, but also up in their forward line, how they utilise certain players and whether they're so buddy-centric or not. But the other thing is the Giants' defence has actually been very underrated too. And there's one player, Mm -hmm. and I don't know whether he's got a NAB Rising Star or not. Do we find out who got the Rising Star for last round? Has there been a, an announcement for it? I haven't heard anything, but it should have come out by now. Um, just having a quick look now. Far out. There's so many headlines about the Giants. Shit. Okay. <laughs> well, I see you've got highlighted Giants updates. <laughs> no, I'm on the AFL thing, the crisis meeting that turned the Giants season around. <laughs> Destroyed mummy determined to go out with a bang. Shit like that. Destroyed mummy. Even the top AFLW news story is the Giants, Dano. (laughs) Oh, it's all about the Giants. Um, But anyway, I was more referring to Connor Iden. Um, He's been racking up over 15 disposals a game and keeping his direct opponent goalless for the last few games. And he's one that I thought this year, like an Isaac Cumming and whatnot, just wouldn't be good enough. But the fact that the Giants had so many injuries forced them to play Iden, forced them to play Cumming. Cumming has become an absolute fucking weapon. Iden has honed his craft. It might, it might be the Giants' reserves players that are now best 22 that will win it for them. And they're all in defense. Then you've got Nick Haynes down there too, peeling off and playing quarterback shit. Um, so... I think if Iden can hold his direct opponent goalless, which might end up being who, Pado? Is Tom Papley? Tom Papley. Oh, yeah. Tom Papley. Real Sam Taylor try and contain Buddy. 
We could see Iden trying to contain Tom Papley. You got Nick Haynes peeling off and intercepting shit. The only other one, I think, I can't remember if it was Wicks. Was it Wicks that kicked a bag against the Giants? Um, can't remember. There's one of one of their other. Uh, was it Will Haywood? Is Hay- Haywood or Wicks? One of them. They were they kicked a bag against the Giants. If they can contain them, I reckon they've got a good shout. And then you got. Mr. Yips, if Mr. Yips can um, find kicking form in Jesse Hogan. Oh, Hogan. Still, still kicks some goals a game, but he doesn't like to have a set shot. He likes to snap around his body a lot, even though he's got a really nice set shot. Um, good. And Shane Mumford coming in. Tom Hickey's a fucking good ruck. I don't know how the fact that Gold Coast let him go. Fucking, I understand why West Coast did. Um, and I understand why St Kilda did, but Gold Coast, really? Really? Fucking, anyway. Um, I think Mummy will be too physical for Hickey. And it won't surprise me if Mummy does go out and get fucking suspended and just be too rough. Tom uh, Mumford's really like, this is my last year. I don't care if we don't win the granny. I'm just going out there to absolutely kill somebody. He's going to go out with a bang. So I'm obviously going for the Giants, boys. I reckon Giants are 2-0. and Giants are 2-0 and versus Sydney in finals. Fun fact. I reckon they'll make it 3-0. Really? You reckon I'm Sydney's going just based off. I'm just going based off Sydney's season compared to the Giants. I think Sydney... I think Sydney might just get over the line. You know, they're one and one this season. They've both beaten each other. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. I think I think Sydney can do it. Pato? I think the Giants get up only because of the question marks over Callum Mills and Josh Kennedy. I think if they were coming in full fitness, I think it'd be an absolute ripper game and you, you almost couldn't split the two teams, but I think we yeah, with the question marks over those two, I think Giants get the job done. Yep. Fair. Last game, Pato, which is the one that we we're talking about earlier with some certain players. What is it? When is it? Where is it? The Western Bulldogs versus the Essendon Bombers at uh, Launceston again. Um, this one's also there at the University of Tasmania Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Um, late kickoff, 3.20 or something. Something like that, but yep. yeah, really intriguing matchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good. I yeah, I think we might see a Peter Wright display again. Someone's going to have to kick oh. a bag on the doggies. I just two meter what? Peter. Yeah, two meter Peter. Um, yeah, I just... Sam Sam Draper versus fucking Marcus Spontapelli in the ruck. <laughs> well, I think Stephen Martin is rumored to make a, make a return into the side. Well, that would be logical because they brought him in for that mm. reason to allow yeah. English to go up forward. Um, but he hasn't played in a couple of months, though, and that's very risky to bring him in for an elimination final. I mean, he'll be very underdone. Well, I think yeah. the whole point was they were expecting to make top four. Yeah, and that, those plans just fell. <laughs> And they thought I might have the double chance there, Pato. So I reckon they're going to bring him in this week just for the double chance. But now they've fucked it up. 
I think they almost have to bring him in, though, because they, yeah. they were deplorable in the middle last weekend and previous weekends as well. Um, well. It's at the stage where Tim English isn't even playing ruck at the moment. He's playing up full forward. So yeah. um, that's how bad he's in the ruck. So, yeah, they've got to do something and they might just have to take the risk on on uh, fucking Steph Martin. I went blank yeah. on his name. Um, yeah. and oh, maybe see. have a continuously plan as the sub. Maybe Shaki plays as the sub again and gives them that extra toll that can have them switch things around a little bit. He's going to call him the inferior Martin. <laughs> inferior Martin. Well, that goes without saying, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, midfield battle in this one. You got Merritt and Parrish versus fucking every single player in the Western Bulldogs list. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. absolutely intriguing, this one, because Essendon really won't negate. They'll let Libba, Bontempalli, McRae, Dunkley, they'll let them all do their thing. But the thing is, they'll have Stringer, they'll have Parrish, they'll have Merritt, who will also do their own thing going the other way. So... The ruck battle is just so important. And this is probably Sam Draper's biggest game of his career. Um, Essendon haven't played a final in about 27,000 days. Um, and just such an important occasion for them. Mm. I, I think they could take under the pressure. I, I've, got a, I've got a theory. So remember way back when, when Tom Hawkins was just all potential? And then he had that one finals game where he kicked a bag and then they fucking, he just became a gun after that. Wasn't one that round. the grand final? 07? I don't know if it was the grand final or whether it was, fuck, whether it was the final before. But he just, he, that game ever since then, he's been a fucking jet. Um, and I think this could be Sam Draper's. Cool. I mean, I it wouldn't be hard be, against the Bulldogs. I know, but this could be the, his awakening game. We might see him absolutely beasted in the ruck. Um, and we might see Jakey Stringer fucking put on an absolute clinic with clearances and whatnot. So, against his old team, that would be a very interesting subplot. I, that's oh, what it? I'm thinking. That is what I'm thinking. Now, like I said, two meter Peter might kick a bag. Fucking. Fuck, I just forgot his name and I just said his name. Stringer yeah. might go bang a few from 50, might rest up forward, kick another couple. Like, shit. Um, I think this could be one of the highest point-scoring games that we're going to have on the weekend. Oh, yeah. There's not yeah. going to be a lot of def- defence being played. Um, no. It's going to be a lot of goals kicked in this game. Fuck, yeah. I'm just not sure the Bulldogs have the capability to kick enough goals and that's where I think Essendon maybe had slight advantage. Whoa. Yeah. Pato's gone with the Bombers. I think I'm leaning towards them, mate. Um, Yeah. I don't really rate Josh Bruce. He's a bit of a flat track bully, but it just gives him that second option up forward. Um, Norton is an absolute gun. I think he's going to be probably one of the best key forwards in, in in the comp in a couple of years, but he can't do it all on his own. And If Norton could just get his kicking right, then maybe he would have been shown as one of the more pronounced forwards. His marking is just first class, but he he just seems to lack the control when he go for the set shot. So he's Levi Casbolt 2.0? Yeah, basically. That's a big call. <laughs> that's a big call. Maybe they wouldn't be in an elimination final if he could kick straight. Well, yeah, that's it. That's it. 
Nah, he he's better than Casbolt, but fucking hell, just yeah, get kick straight. Fucking hell. Kick straight. You paid yeah. you paid that much money. You just fucking kick the ball straight. Oh, Holy shit. Seriously. It's like Ben Simmons shooting for threes. Or Ben Simmons <laughs> shooting at all. He doesn't shoot. That's his problem. I know he's fucking does it in preseason. You see he's fucking, oh yeah, look at me jumper. <laughs> no one's on you, mate, and it's a nothing game. There's no one even fucking playing. It's just you shooting. Do it in a game. Fucking hell. You paid that much money. Uh, uh, we got sidetracked by Ben Simmons talk there. Ben. <laughs> oh, fucking Ben Simmons. Anyway, so Pato, you're going with Essendon in this one. I'm I yeah, I, I'm kind of on the fence. I think my head is saying the Bulldogs. Um, my heart is probably going against Essendon because I hate them so much, but I think they can win. So I think, yeah, the ruck battle is the intriguing one for me. If Steph Martin doesn't play, I reckon Essendon will win. If Steph Martin does play, I think the Bulldogs win. I think I'm going to narrow it down to that. Yeah, okay, that's that's a valid assessment. I think oh, yeah. there's going to be a flurry of fucking behinds in this one. I reckon there'll be more behinds mm-hmm. in goals um, from both yep. teams. Fucking, it'll be chaotic, but I still reckon it'll be high scoring. I'm going to, I can't go past the doggies though. I can't go past the doggies. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yep. Can't see him yeah. losing four in a row. No. Oh, no. And they've that. been there. They've done that. They've obviously got probably, what, half the list that would have played in that premiership in 2016. Premiership winning yeah. coach. Um, I think they've, yeah, tried and true. Um, Essendon have been a long time between drinks for them. I think they're building to something really good. I really like what Essendon are doing with Carousella and Rutten at the helm, but probably not this year for them. Um, but Essendon fans, you have every right to be excited because they're going to be bloody good very soon. But I think the dog's probably just too much pedigree. There's another thing too. Bevo has got to play Caleb Daniel off the halfback flank and stop chucking him the fucking middle. Just keep him in defence. Let him get that sure. ball out of defence. Stop fucking doing your Bevo salad shit. He's oh. an elite kick. Jesus Christ, it's frustrating. Fuck. Um, okay, two for Western Bulldogs, one for Essendon, um, depending on whether or not Steph Martin plays pretty much. I'm pretty yeah. much on the dog, but I think if he... Doesn't yeah, play. If, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair. Anyway, we'll we'll finish up with the All-Australian team because that got announced, Pato, um, the 40-man squad, and you've got a bit of a, a rant in you, I reckon, because we haven't had a full-blown Pato's rant this week. <laughs> Not so much a rant, Dano, but I'm absolutely baffled at two two obvious omissions here. Um, one of them is Travis Boak. Now, he, he set his standard pretty high last year, almost won the Brownlow, and hasn't quite been as good this year, but fucking Carl Amon made the Australian 40 over Travis Boak <laughs> now. Amon had a pretty good year for his standards, but a down year for Travis Boak is still better than Carl fucking Amon. But anyway... The other one that I'm a little bit mad about here, and it's not a Richmond player because no Richmond player deserved to be anywhere near this squad, so that's not where I'm going with this. Aaron Hall should be an Australian halfback, let alone in the 40-man squad. And if he's been punished because his team is fucking hopeless, then that is wrong because he has had a better year than Paul Seedsman. He's had a better year than... I'm trying to find some other halfbacks here. (laughs) <laughs> probably had a better year than Christian Salem. Probably had a better year than Bailey Dale. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And he should be the other halfback next to Daniel Rich at that halfback line. 
I've got a glaringly obvious omission from the side. Now, I'm going to put two players up against each other here, and I want to know which one you prefer. So, player number one averages 30 disposals, which is elite. Player number two averages 27.8. Who would you go for there? Oh, it depends, because 30 touches from Tom Mitchell isn't as good as 27.8 touches This isn't from Tom Mitchell. Home. These are two players that know, missed out. I know, but it depends yeah. On two two what, players that missed out. Two players that missed out. Mate, Braden Fiorini got 4,500 touches the other week, and I reckon half of them made a target. Anyway, you'd want, you're ruining my shit. Anyway, <laughs> next player one, 15.4 kicks averaged is elite. Player two, 13.2, which is above average. Player one, 14.6 handballs. Player two, 14.6 handballs, both elite. Player one averages six marks a game. I think you're getting to figure out who I'm talking about here. Player two, 2.8 marks a game because of they're completely different players. But then 4.1 tackles and 4.8 tackles and then 5.2 clearances and 6.2 clearances. Those two players are Cam Guthrie and Travis Boat, and they are both not in the side. Yeah, Guthrie. I'm surprised because Guthrie has been a player who's averaged at least 30 disposals mostly Per games, but I think because of his injuries recently, he's uh, dropped away a bit. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. in ter- with a, with a devil's advocate view here, I can't see a midfielder in this squad that has had a worse year than Cam Guthrie. Now I think Cam Guthrie's had his the best year he's ever had, but the worst midfielder in this forty man squad is probably Jared Lyons, who I think deserves to be in this squad. Carl Amon's in there as a mid, isn't he? He's probably there as a half forward. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, let's we'll quickly look at Jared Lyons because I'm pretty sure he went over. He went over thirty and, disposals and whatnot a game, and the clearances. And, and Jacob Popper's probably the other one that you'd put at the bottom of that midfield group. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm I'm happy Hopper made it, but I know he won't get in. Um, just because you know. He's not as good, good recognition, as though, for a for really oh, yeah. good up-and-coming midfielder. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm actually struggling to bring up Jared Lyons' fucking stats here. Doesn't want to... Ah, here we go. Okay. Jared Lyons actually only averaged 28.2 disposals. Interesting. Guthrie had more. He, um, he had six clearances, though, a game. Um, had less marks up per average a game than Guthrie. Uh, which is 5.1. Guthrie had, I think, six it was. But he had 6.5 tackles and six clearances a game. So that's why he's in there. And his kick-to-handball ratio is fucking 16.5 to 11.7. And that's Lyons' bread and butter, really. Yeah, his kick-to-handball ratio there. So you see why Lyons got named. Um, We'll go to Jacob Hopper, which I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to. But Jacob Hopper would not get in over a Travis Boker or Cam Guthrie. He's only had 26.5 disposals a game. Um, He's had 3.1 marks a game, 3.4 tackles a game. But his clearances is actually one of the highest. Shit. Okay. 6.5. So we already knew that he was a clearance machine. But yeah, shit. Okay. So he's basically got in. It's kind of like when Dylan Shield got named All-Australian. Um, when he was at the Giants and then left. <laughs> no, no, like, you get what I mean? He only got in because of no, his appearance work. Um, so that's yeah. probably why Hopper's been named, is because he's just the major clearance 
and ball winner for the Giants get feeding it out. So, but then you'd think, wouldn't Tom Liberatore, you know, if it was just about that? Let's have a look at Libbers really quickly. Who's uh, yeah, here we go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> so Tom Liberatore's clearance rate, what do you reckon it is? Eight. Oh, you are so close, Pato. It's 7.8. 7. 7.8. And you look at fucking the Giants and you watch Hopper get it out most of the time that he's in there and he's at 6.5. Fucking Libba, 7.8 clearances. His disposal numbers are down. He's got below average marks, but that's because he's just in an under in an under player and he's 5.3. Yeah, tackles, Libba's, so. Libba's probably been robbed in this squad as well. If you look on... Pato's going to hate me, but I'm going to bring this up. Shane Edwards, when he made All-Australian, didn't have the greatest stats, but he got in because of... His clearance rate. And influence. And I think Tom Liberatore, his clearance rate and his influence on a game should have got him in the 40-man squad. But I guess you can't have fucking 50... can't have the best 22B fucking in from the Bulldogs. If Bevo, uh, if Bevo was picking it, it'd be 20 midfielders and two Ruckman. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much all the Bulldogs team is full of midfielders. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much it, guys. Um, so, Sam, do you want to quote your Instagram, Twitter handle and all that sort of shit because you're a social influence? Uh, yeah, social influencer now. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you want to follow me on Insta, you know, all, all fitness and footy news is Sam underscore Reedy. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, boys. Yep, yep. Um, Pato, do you want to do your... Fucking Twitter handle as per normal. Yeah, it's at P A T O S Triple C. And mine is at D A N E O S Triple C. So basically, Sam, thanks for being our first ever guest on here. We um we we're gonna get some guests throughout this season, but we're like, nah, we'll just keep sticking with us till the end. And then finals came along, and then I'm just glad that you said yes to doing this, man. It was fucking great. So thank you. No problem, mate. You know, it's the time for the demons fans to, you know. Got up out of the woodworks and uh, start cheering on Melbourne because, you know, it's a bright future ahead of us and uh, I'm looking forward to what's to come. Yep, yep. Fair, fair. And um, yeah, just, just off topic. Just, just quickly topic. on oh, that, yep. Dano, sorry. Um, I really feel for, for Demons fans this year, most specifically Demons fans, because unfortunately the dirty C word has meant that they can't go and, and get behind them in person at the, at the mighty MCG and... Yeah, that's, I know that's from anticlimactic uh, yeah, thing about as this. A, yeah, as a lifelong Richmond fan, that run in 2017 was like unlike anything I've ever felt in my life, and uh-huh. I don't think I'll ever be top. Yeah. And I, I, I can see some similarities. We didn't finish top that year, but we sort of left our run late and sort of hit the right hit the strides at the right time of the year. And I, I hope the D's do it for for guys like you, Sam. But I, I really feel for the for the people that can't go out and support them in person. After such yeah. a magnificent run, yeah. Oh, um, I know. It's uh, yeah, it sucks. That's for sure. Fuck, Pato, you just went on to like some real heart fucking string shit. And all I was going to ask Sam is how many biddies are getting into his DMs. <laughs> well, that, that's that's important too. <laughs> yeah, uh, at the moment, not too many, but um, oh, you know, come on, come on, yeah. son. Surely there's I mean, some biddies throwing their fucking lines out for you. Uh, no, 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 not, not too many, not if I'm being honest. Um, but wait till COVID's over. And then once uh, we start hitting the clubs, um, 
then you'll know who I'm about. <laughs> oh, good. Well, from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I am Dano. And I'm Pado. And this is us signing. The fuck off. Go get vaccinated.